Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk. Welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, newsmaking interviews with the biggest names in rock and metal, coming to you each and every Thursday with new episodes. Be sure to subscribe so you do not miss one. And thank you for listening and thank you for checking out the show around the world, wherever you are sharing links, liking the episodes, all of that good stuff. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. As I tell you guys every week, every interview you hear on this podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, which you can hear live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. If you only listen to this podcast and you're in the U.S. or Canada, You're only getting a tiny taste of what I do live on the radio each and every day. So come on board and join me for Trunk Nation. If you'd like a free opportunity to listen to the show for three months, no credit card required, get your free trial subscription by going to SiriusXM.com slash Eddie Trunk and sign up and hear what you've been missing and hear the entire picture of what I do live six times a week on SiriusXM, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern on 103 or anytime on the app and the extra show Mondays 5 to 8 Eastern on Sirius XM channel 39 hair nation. We got on the podcast for you this week, an interview I did a couple weeks ago with Wolfgang Van Halen. Wolf has been on my show a number of times since he launched his solo career. First met Wolf when he was playing with Mark Tremonti's band a number of years ago. Now, of course he's doing very well with mammoth WVH The second album is out there right now. Really good record. And, you know, I really appreciate Wolf always taking time to do my show. Even came to my home studio in Vegas a couple times. We had some great conversations there. And this was a really good conversation, too, because so many times when artists do interviews, it's in advance of their album coming out. And I get that because you want to get the word out about your record and all of that. Like last week, the McMars show Mick talked a lot about other songs on his album, which you're not going to be able to hear till February. But I wanted to have Wolf on because the second Mammoth album has been out now for a little bit, and he can talk more in detail about it, and most of you have had a chance to hear it if you're a fan. There's that, and also the fact that Wolf was willing to talk about anything, and we did talk about anything, and as you'll hear in 
the interview, we also took a bunch of questions from the audience that was listening live that day. So this was really a cool, different, fun one. And uh, I appreciate uh, all the callers and I appreciate Wolf making so much time for me. And again, another reason why, if you can get Sirius XM, you should join me live because as you're about to hear, you might've been able to call in and talk to Wolfgang Van Halen as many people in the uh, interview coming up had a chance to do as you will hear for yourself. Uh, remember at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page for info and updates. EddieTrunk.com is the website. And uh, without further ado, this week on the podcast, here is Wolfgang Van Halen. Wolf, how are you, man? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? Good. It's weird to talk to you over the phone and not sit in my place in Vegas like the last couple times. Yeah, is this the first time? Like, it's like usually it's a Zoom or we're hanging out in person. I don't know if we've done this on the phone yet. <laughs> we're doing it old school today. We're just doing a good old phone <laughs> call today. Nothing wrong with that every once in a while. I'm into so, it. So, I'm into it. Yeah. So listen, man, um, we not, we've not had a, ta- a chance to talk because I know you got so busy with the release of the record and getting right out on the road and all of that. But congratulations on this second record. It is. Um, Thank you. It's awesome. And, you know, I, I think immediately to the old adage where uh, people say, well, artists have their whole career to write their first record. And then the second record comes around and that's where the pressure really comes in. For you, did it feel that way, or were, was this material you had had for a while as well? No, no, it definitely felt that way. I think my mission statement for the record was just make sure it's not a sophomore's love. Just don't don't mess it up, <laughs> you know? Um, so luckily, I think we avoided that, at least uh, actually factually. I think we, we, we dodged that, which is nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it really, I just I wanted something to – I wanted to be proud of it. You know, if, if, if not, uh, you know, uh, more than the first album, uh, I, I just I, I just wanted to avoid that sophomore slump. It was a challenge. Well, I think you I absolutely think you did. But the reason I think it's really interesting for you is because the first album is killer as well. But I mean, I remember <laughs> just you. hearing about that first record for a long time from a lot of different people who would be like, hey, did you hear Wolf's record? And I was like, no, it's not out yet. And it seemed like that went on for like eight, nine years. So there was a really long gestation period on that first record. So for this mm-hmm. one, was it completely different process? You re- went in, you wrote, you recorded and turned it around pretty quickly? Oh, it was very, very different. First album uh, was recorded over three years, starting in 2015 ending uh partway through 2018 uh this literally two months <laughs> I, uh, I i tracked the music in a month and then i had to tour europe uh, with alter bridge and then i came back um and then finished uh the record in another month uh in january it was like a november i'm sorry it was more it was like september of last year and then uh and then january of this year uh that we that we finished everything so it was in a much smaller uh, time window. So it was definitely a challenge uh, in comparison. I think maybe uh, next time for, for Mammoth 3, we might spread it out just a little bit more, not take three years, but also not take two months. And what about actually writing the songs? Because the same deal, I mean, with the first record, you, you were writing songs, I'm sure, for a long time, even back to when you were mm-hmm. even in Van Halen, I would think, in terms of writing uh, the material when you, when did you, is there anything on to that was written a while ago or did you all, did you just write it freshly? Like just before you recorded it? 
Yeah, I think, well, anything, you know, the way I write is usually I kind of, I record something on my phone and then maybe it's just like a, a riff or like 30 seconds or a minute of like an idea showcase. And sometimes that's all it ever really is. Uh, but then other times, like I'll find it and be like, wait, this actually has something to it. And then you work it up and it becomes a whole new song. Um, so yeah, there were definitely some moments like that, but almost all of the ideas on the album, uh, came between, uh, you know, the last album and now I think, um, another celebration at the end of the world, uh, was that idea that kind of set the tone for the record in wanting to, uh, put down more aggressive sort of up-tempo heavier, uh, sort of stuff. And, and the rest just kind of followed. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that I would think would have been a big, big uh, change for you going into the second record is going into that first record, nobody knew what to expect uh, from you. You were coming off uh, in the release of it, you know, incredibly emotional with distance and your dad passing away. And mm -hmm. then everybody looking at you and saying, okay, what is this guy going to be uh, on his own? Is he... Is it going to be stuff that sounds like Van Halen? Is it his own stuff? What I mean, I remember you saying to me in an early interview, you're like, your dad always said to you, you do you. But I'm sure it took you a long time to get people to understand that you were going to do you. And you had to deal with that a lot on the first record to like really people really identify what you were going to be and who you were going to be as your own artist. Now going into two that's kind of, do you feel like that's all dissipated now? Like people understand you're, you're doing your own thing now. Oh, not at all. <laughs> I think maybe people <laughs> who are familiar. Um, absolutely. But I think my entire life I'll be, I'll be fighting against that. And that's just a, that's just a matter of fact, you know? Um, but I think people who are familiar with it, obviously, um, there's a lot of wonderful fans who, who, who champion us and are, 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 are proud to see me be my own person. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing uh to have i'm very thankful for the people who are so supportive in that uh but yeah i mean that's something i'll always be working against i mean it's it's uh it's impossible not to my my, my father was was <laughs> uh who he was and that's always going to be a, a a thing that that is a part of the conversation so uh, but you know uh I'm, I'm happy to do it i'm happy to be a part of the legacy but at the same time i'm happy to be my own person and to to see what i can accomplish in my own right Look, I mean, I'm just I'm laughing because I, I mean, you've handled it remarkably well. You, you've even had some fun <laughs> with it at times, whether it be on oh, social yeah. media and the videos and all of that, which I think is a great way <laughs> to handle it as well. Um, but I'm I'm surprised I'm surprised because I would think at this point now with two complete records and people knowing what you're going for and what you sound like and what you're looking to do. You're telling me there's still people out there that want you to do what? Like re recreate fair warning. I mean, what, what, what is, well, listen, what do people man, say I, to you? I played in Van Halen for 12 years and there's still people who think I didn't play anything and it was all track. So there, you can never change everybody's mind, you know? Was it 12 years? Yeah. God, I can't believe what year did different kind of truth come out? 2012. So that record's 11 years old now. That's crazy, too. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amazing. And last time I talked to you, I had some fans call in and tell me that they couldn't get that record on streaming. Has that changed? Uh -huh. Do you know anything about that? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the contract ran out on, its, uh, on, on, on putting it up on, on streaming services. So we've been working on getting it back, um, but there are some people um, involved 
who do not like that record and are uh, not making it easy to get it back up. People that were involved in the record? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Might that person commonly be known by three initials? Probably. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can put it together. I hate to say it because, well, because, you know, people will think I'm, I'm making stuff up. It's like, man, uh, I'd love to, to have the record back up there. But uh, uh, he doesn't like it, and he's not uh, working with us to get it back up there. So I hope uh, people who like it have a physical version of it. <laughs> I do. I got a CD, and I'm going to hold on to it and for dear life right now. But that – well, look, I don't want to put you in an awkward spot, but what what – I live in I an just, awkward spot. Eddie. I know, it's I know, and I know, but I don't, and I don't want to be that guy to pound you with this because I do want to talk to you about your own band a lot here. I really do. But can you shed any light on what goes on with that guy? I mean, nobody can figure out, even from an outsider's perspective, what's going on there. I mean, do you have a relationship with him? Do you have dialogue with him? Do you have any idea no. why things are so difficult? No, I, I don't. Um, I think that's why I'm having such a wonderful time with Mammoth. I think um, uh, throughout my time uh, in Van Halen, you learn things uh, that you want to do and you want to apply. And then you also learn things that you don't want to apply. And I, you know, I think that's why I've been so excited to to do Mammoth and to have something from its inception uh, be something pure where, you know, you can talk about things and there's not really any uh, big challenges other than weathering the storm together instead of the storm being dealing with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to your record, going back to and your career. Um, I also, I don't think I had a chance to talk to you about the videos you've made from this record so far, which <laughs> are fantastic videos. Um, it, including, I mean, just f- some funny stuff. Uh, if people haven't seen them, they're on your website right now. Um, I noticed, I think it's, it's in, um, and I'm all right. I believe you even got your mom doing a cameo in there, right? Yeah. She's the ticket lady for the battle of the bands and I'm all right. <laughs> and that was where at the whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. We got to film that at the whiskey. It was really cool. Have you ever in any capacity participated in a battle of the bands? I have not. I mean, I've done, uh, I did like little contests or, or like uh, performances throughout um, middle school and high school, but never an official battle of the bands. Yeah. And who, where do the ideas for the videos come from? Are they from you or a director or where, where's the yeah, they're concept from, they're come from, from me? And then uh, our awesome director, uh, Gordy kind of uh, translates them to a, a visual medium. Uh, yeah. I mean, in a way, uh, don't back down into another celebration into I'm all right. as kind of a, a light trilogy of the right. of the evil wolfies. It's 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 dumb, but it's funny. You know, you gotta have fun with it. Totally. And I also one of my favorite parts, if people take a second to look, is I think it's in I'm All Right where your mom is working the door and uh yeah. the other bands playing and the names of the bands. You had Ultra Bridge <laughs> on there. And yeah, you few, gotta pause I can't remember on, that, on that screenshot. We we had a lot of fun with those names. Uh Prince, but spelled P R I NTS, uh, Ultra Bridge, uh, Slush featuring Mike Konetsky and the Contractors. Right, right. Instead of Slash and Miles, right? <laughs> um, Peep Durple. <laughs> just really, really dumb stuff. It made, just made us giggle. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. It's a lot of fun. Let me ask you about playing live now. As everybody yeah. knows, when you make the records, you do them all yourself. And uh, when you go out and you have a phenomenal band that plays totally live, which I respect so much, and I know many mm-hmm. of the guys, um, how uh, how has it been? Because you've been one of the bands on the Metallica tour that has been yeah. going out there and, uh, you know, opening for them on their no repeat two out of three night deals. How has that whole experience been going on before Metallica? It's been unbelievable, man. Um, the stage itself is is so hilarious and extravagant and insane. It's 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 wonderful to be a part of. I've never been anything a part of anything like it. Um, the the crew and especially man the band have been so kind and and welcoming and supportive. Man, it's it's absolutely crazy uh, to be a part of. I saw Lars and talked to him a couple weeks ago because I was at Power Trip, which they played, and I was sitting talking with oh, him for so a bit. I'm so bummed I missed Power Trip, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so awesome. It, it was crazy. It was a pretty crazy scene, and it, for me, it was really cool. They only did two bands a day because I'm old and I don't like the endurance test. Oh, dude, like, that's the dream. That is my dream. Just two bands a day. That, that's that's the dream. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just don't kill everybody, so everybody's fresh, and you got a great. You know, you got two killer bands. You get there six, seven o'clock. You're out at eleven. It oh, was it's awesome. Perfect. But, but he was saying, like, I t- I was talking to him about the concept of doing this, and like, it's such an ambitious thing that they're doing because so many people call this radio show who are fans and bitch and moan about artists with deep catalogs playing the same songs every tour, and for them to not repeat a song and not even repeat an opening act is amazing. But for you being one of those opening acts, there's a challenge there because you can't be on the road and only play once or twice a week. Right. So are you spinning off and doing your own stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That is a very um, uh, that's been a a headache for our manager and for our our booking agent. But they have brilliantly pulled it off and allowed us to kind of funnel in and out because not to get into the weeds, but like there's things called radius clauses where like in contracts, you're not allowed to play like near a place that you're already contractually obligated to play with when you're opening for somebody. So it's, it's quite the complicated uh, puzzle to put together, but our, our brilliant team has managed to uh, figure out how to navigate that. And it's, it's, it's worked out. And you have more with them coming up, right? Next year. Yeah, we have we have two more shows this year. Um, I think Detroit is one of them, and uh, I want to say St. Louis. I can't remember. Um, and then next year we have a whole other year with them. It's 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 crazy. How have you gone down with them? Are you, are you is is the band gone over well? Oh yeah, uh, we found that. Well, the, the, first of all, the crowds have been very supportive and very kind and, and wonderful, um, but. We found over time that uh, tempo is something that the crowd seems to really respond to. So we've actually started <laughs> opening with another celebration at the end of the world. And from that moment, we seem to kind of get the crowd going and it, and it really works out. So luckily, we have a kind of diverse catalog that we can pick the heavier tunes to really kind of just hype, <laughs> hype the show up. Um, and it's been working. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. So but by tempo, you mean moving it kind of fast right (laughs) yeah yeah you know another celebration is kind of an upbeat faster song you know just trying to pick the heavier and faster songs and uh the crowds have been responding pretty well yeah that's that's really cool and in addition now you've got your own headline run as well around all of that right 
Yeah, this is kind of our our first real true headline run. Um, it's going to be crazy. We got Nita Strauss uh, opening for us. It's going to be a really mm-hmm. good time. And that's basically at like the theater level, House of Blues level, right? Yeah, yeah. We're we're playing. <laughs> it's crazy. This the, the, uh, this is our our biggest tour yet for for uh, for us. It's 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 a crazy. Uh, super grateful that that people are wanting to show up and see us. We have like. We're doing VIP stuff now for the first time. It's uh, it's really really crazy. It's going to be so so fun. As an artist, Wolf, like I love as a fan, my f- the bands I really want to see in here. My favorite is to go and see them in a great club or even a great theater, like House of Blues level venue. Those are the best shows, That's my man. favorite. Absolutely. That's my favorite. You can see here everything great. I mean, I get the enormity of the stadium and the festival and the, the experience of it for people Mm -hmm. who like that. But if I really want to see a show, that's where I want to see a band. But for you as a performer, do you have a preference? Oh yeah. I absolutely prefer the, the smaller sort of, you know, like uh, when we played Europe, (laughs) some of my favorite shows were, you know, a 400 seat club that's just dark and sweaty and everybody's just <laughs> having a crazy, amazing, awesome time. Those are some of the best shows uh, I could ever play as a musician. Those are my favorite. Yeah. And and one other thing, on, and I know you've been nice enough to uh, take a couple questions from the audience, which uh, we appreciate. Yeah, We're going to yeah. bring a couple people into the conversation here today. But I wanted to ask you about... Um, about the guitar solo in Take a Bow, which is just mm-hmm. brilliant. And thank you. I'm I'm curious, I mean, goes without saying, as far as a lead guitar player, that your dad had a big imprint on you. But besides your dad, who were the guitar players that really shaped you? Who are the lead guitar players that you really love? You know, it's funny being around um, my father my whole life. Obviously, I think just through osmosis and just being near it, that will that will always be my my true number one. Um, but as I grew up, you know, as I mean, I've been a fan of so many. Paul Gilbert was a big guitar player for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a really really strong Dream Theater phase growing up. Mike Portnoy as a drummer and Petrucci as a guitar player, I was really into. Uh, but for more modern uh, guitar players, uh, Aaron Marshall from Intervals, he is my number one guy right now. Um, and he is uh, very, very inspiring. I love his melodic sensibility and, and, and what he's able to accomplish in, in his melodic uh, instrumental uh, music. It's, it's badass. I'm not familiar with him. I have to look that one up. I've not heard of them. Oh, he's awesome. You'll love it. He's awesome. All right, cool. Good to know. When you did, when you played uh, those couple Van Halen songs at the Taylor Hawkins tribute in Mm -hmm. those shows, how did it feel for you to do that? I know it's something that you resisted doing for a long time, but to play lead guitar on your dad's stuff and, and honor him and honor Taylor at that, how did that all feel for you when you were doing it? And how did you feel about it when you were first did you offer? Or did they ask you to do Van Halen songs? No, Dave. Dave. Dave asked me, and uh, I said I wasn't sure. <laughs> and it took me um, a week or so to really wrap my head around it. It was very emotional, very difficult for me. Still is, you know. I. I, I wouldn't. That's not something I took lightly. Uh, and it seemed like um, if there was going to be a moment to do it, that was it. And uh, I'm proud uh, and happy that 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 that's 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 that it, it went how it went. 
did you do is that the type of thing like do you have to sit there and work through that stuff on guitar or had you done it so many times with your dad just kind of jamming no, and messing around I mean, that I it was second nature i knew the bass parts and the drum parts but uh, i never actually uh learned the guitar parts so i had to do that all by myself and and it was uh it was tough very emotional i you I know, I, know I, I think people from from the fan perspective i could understand you know listening to van halen is 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 that connection to my father, but I, uh, listening to Van Halen is very difficult for me. I can't, uh, really do it much anymore. Yeah, no, I can understand that. But for that, you, you actually went and pulled up those songs and had to listen and like yeah. anyone else would do and pull it apart. Yeah, <laughs> That's wow. exactly what I did. Uh, amazing. Myrtle beach is the beach, 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Listen, man, I don't want to keep you too long, but I appreciate your time today. And I I promise the callers didn't have a chance to say hi. Yeah, no, I appreciate sure. it. So let me uh, let me bring a couple people on the air and uh, see what they have to say. And here's Jim in Memphis as our first caller. Jim, you're on with Wolfgang Van Halen. What's up, Jim? Um, hey, Eddie. Hey, Wolfgang. Thanks for taking my call today. Um, sure, Jim. Well, what's your question? How you doing? Well, hey, I just wanted you to know, Wolfgang, and I, I really mean this. When uh, your first album came out, it, it, it was the best album of 2021 as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and it was so solid, and I just wore it out whenever I went to the gym listening to all the tracks on there. And then the new album, for you to do that in two months and put that quality of work in on the second album, it's, it's extremely comparable to the first, and it's just solid all the way through. And I just wanted you to know how much I appreciate this new music that you put out, because I think it's some of the best out right now. That's very, very kind, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim, for the call. I'm going to let you go because your phone was super noisy there in the background. But, uh, well, that's a good way to start calls. <laughs> I don't Wolf, I can't promise they're all going to be like that. But <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out about the new record, too, that struck me immediately when I heard it is, and you told me this in past conversations, that of all the instruments you play and you play them all, that you your your favorite is drums. And I got to tell yeah, you, man, right from the right from the get go with right, which opens the record, the drums are mm-hmm. front and center and killer. I mean, you really even went for it in my, to my ears for a whole nother level on the on the playing on that front. Oh, yeah, there's even like that double kick, almost Meshuggah esque thing at the end of the solo. That's one of my yeah. favorites. That was really fun to add that kind of flavor to a mammoth song. That's one of my favorites. And do you, you cut the, like when you build these records, since you're doing them all yourself, what, what, what's the, what's the order of how you go in terms of laying, uh, of tracking stuff? Yeah. Drums are first and then uh bass guitar vocals and uh, you know, guitar solos kind of at the same time. And then when you do vocals, the, the harmony vocal, the, like you double yourself on the harmonies, right? Yeah. Yeah. You kind of do them all at once. Uh, depending on on how difficult the song is to do, you know, you kind of just you do all the leads and then you go through and you do all the harmonies. 
Do you envision at any point wanting to make a record with other people on it, whether your current band or just other people and collaborate, or do you always like, you think you're always going to want to do it this way? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've done that in the past, uh, but uh, you know, Mammoth from its inception was, you know, my artistic sort of output and my creative expression. And I think uh, the best way to get that done is the way I currently do it. And plus I, I enjoy it. You know, um, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't really get the opportunity to play drums too much anymore unless I'm recording. Um, so I'm sure maybe down the line, um, uh, if I'm like, ah, I don't feel like doing this, this would be a good time to, you know, Hey Ronnie, play the bass on this part. Hey Gary, you want to play drums on this one? Um, but I just have so much fun doing it. I'm not sure if I'm ready to give that up anytime soon. You know what the other great benefit of, uh, being the only one on your records 12 years from now, mm-hmm. nobody can tell you that you can't put the record back out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly see those are the things you learn over a career that you exactly. want to avoid exactly right let's say hi to um you make for the future it's exactly right here's logan logan's in ohio hey logan you're on with wolfgang van halen what's up logan hey guys uh, hey what's going on man uh, i just wanted to say uh when when uh, you first put out the video for distance a few years ago obviously it was it was real emotional but uh, last summer, um, the song really kind of took on a, a whole new meaning for my family and myself as my, uh, sister passed away, uh, when she was 22 and, oh, um, man. that song was, that song was played at, uh, at our calling hours. And, uh, it was just, uh, a big thing for, uh, my family and myself. So I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the song, man. It's, uh, it, it's been, uh, amazing and definitely brought us all a little bit closer. So thank you. That's an honor, man. I'm I'm so sorry to hear about that. Loss is is never easy, but it's it's an honor to hear that uh uh that distance brought you even maybe a, a tiny moment of 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 happiness in such a horrible time. Yeah, man. I uh obviously you understand it as well. So uh thanks again yeah. and and uh love the new record and uh thank yeah, you, man. Thank you. Thank Logan, you so condolences. Much, Logan. Thank you for the call. Well, well, for that song in particular, for Distance, if I'm not mistaken, you actually wrote that before your dad passed away, right? Yeah, I wrote that in uh, on the 2015 Van Halen tour. I didn't, uh, you know, because everything on the first album was recorded uh, by 2018. So what, what was the catalyst, the, the inspiration for you writing it? Because so many people have a fill, and obviously the connection with your dad passing and what's in the video and how emotional it is. But, but in reality, you had written the song long before. So what was the catalyst yeah. for writing the song? Uh, my dad's health um, had, had waned very much over the years. It had been bad. You know, he, he had gotten cancer multiple times. Um, yeah. And there was about, um, uh, you know, during when I was, I was writing that song. Um, and it's sort of just, you're in that headspace and you're, uh, it was more of a wondering what it would be like. And, 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 uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, after my father had passed, uh, I realized that <laughs> distance was written about what I was going through in that moment. Um, and it's just kind of, and it's just kind of what happened. So you, you, because he had battled for so long and had so many, I'm sure ups and downs, you kind of knew what was coming and it was, it was it in some ways you writing it almost preparing you therapeutic for what you knew was inevitable. 
I don't know preparing because um, it certainly didn't seem inevitable at the time. Um, I was hopeful to the end, but uh, I think it was more of a a what if and what would it be like whenever it does happen because it right. does it, it you know death comes for all of us uh, and more of a you know uh, overall uh, uh, you know analyzing loss as a whole and how it affects uh, oneself. So even though it was written before it was very much inspired by what was going on with you, with your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Here's Jeff in Palm Springs joining us right now. Go ahead, Jeff. You're on with Wolf. Hey Jeff. Hey guys. Hey guys. You got me. Okay. Yeah, we got you. Hey, Hey, I just want to say that I got the opportunity to see mammoth WVH live twice. I saw you open for Alter bridge and I saw you open for Metallica and your band, your band gives me hope for the future of real rock and roll <laughs> because, you know, let's be honest, most of our heroes are, you know, in their 70s and 80s and although Mick Jagger is the freak of freaks, you know, <laughs> how much longer are they going to be able to do it, right? You know what I mean? That's very kind, man. Thank you. But well, yeah, so so I Jeff, love, basically, sorry, hold on, ahead. Jeff, basically what you're saying is that Wolf needs to keep doing this at this level into his 80s because the Rolling Stones eventually are going to go away. Is that what you're, is that hey the man, pressure the you're putting I'm on doing the, I'm doing this no. forever. I'm doing this forever. Anyway, so don't you worry about it. Wolfgang's going to live to be 100. He's going to outlive all of them. You know, I hope seriously. so. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty awesome to see you both times. You're so talented. I'm not just saying this because I'm on the phone with you, but man, I'm amazed that you play all the, all the instruments on both records and um, my love of the new record gave me the, you know, in, inspired me to go revisit the first record again, you know, and just get into it again. Um, so if I had to pick a question, what is your favorite song to play live? Now that you're doing this, you have two albums of, of all original material. Like, do you have one, one song? Yeah, this, this next tour is going to be very fun because we're stoked to play as much as we can from the new album. Uh, in fact, I did write a lot of the new album with the intention of playing it live because, uh, you know, there's a lot of upbeat, aggressive stuff. I think so far, uh, another celebration at the end of the world uh, hits really well live and it's a lot of fun to play. But I think there are songs like uh, Right and Optimist are two songs I'm really looking forward to seeing how they how they work live. But if you I pick a my favorite, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Right. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. You know, one of my favorites on the record, Wolf, is Miles Above Me. I really love that track yeah. a lot. That's a killer. Like that. And do what? Like a little, little pop rock song on the album. That's a yeah. Fun yeah, I mean, I love power pop, and it's got that sort of element to it. And do I hear, I do hear on a couple of these songs, there is some, is it piano in there? There is some keyboards going on, right? Yeah, there's there's some piano on uh, I'm All Right, uh, Take a Bow, I think somewhere else, but definitely there. It's more textural than anything. I'm not the best piano player, but just to but kind of do cool. what I can to fit it in. It does. It adds a sort of like Rolling Stones-y sort of vibe and rock and roll-y vibe to those songs. Mm -hmm. I think it, it's really cool. Uh, is there Are there any instruments you don't play, like of, of major instruments? There's plenty. Like, there's plenty. There's plenty. What, I can't, what do you, I, you, know, I, what do you want to play? All I can you really don't. do is just the rock stuff, you know, guitar, bass, yeah. drums, and sing barely any keyboards, piano. And that's about it. Do you have an ambition to play an instrument that you still want to learn that you haven't yet? Yeah. I want to learn how to play the theremin. Those things are weird as hell. 
Yeah, when yeah. You play it by not by not touching it. I think it's hilarious. I want to figure that out. It sounds awesome. Very spooky. Yeah, there's a. I'm a big fan of the '80s rock band Tesla, and they yeah. have a song called Edison's Medicine. If you ever listen to that, I don't know if you know it, but it's a no. kick-ass tune. It's a kick-ass tune, and Frank Hannon, their guitar player, who's a good friend and super underrated player, he plays the theremin on the song, and when they do it live, he no always way. busts it out. And it's so That's cool. Amazing. When he does I got to check thing. that out. That's awesome. Yeah, pull up a song called Edison's Medicine by the band Tesla, Edison's and you Medicine. will hear theremin, and, and he rocks it live. He sets it up, and it's like a great moment in the show. It's killer. That's incredible. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'll oh, check yeah. it out. Edison's Medicine. Yep. Here's Mark in Texas. Hey, Mark, you're on with Wolf. Hey, hey Wolf Mark. Gang, man. I love having you on. I love hearing you. Um, I, I got to say, I'm I'm uh, I'm Eddie's age. I'm actually a year older. I'm 60 and got to see you first. Just wanted to say I got to see your dad. Uh, let's see four. Let's see five out of the first seven tours. Uh, and guts. Oh man. It was, I got to tell you one quick little line that my buddy said, 1978, we saw him open for Sabbath and I'm telling you, your dad, your dad's band came on and played and went off and the lights came up. And I'm telling you, it was like that. It was like that commercial where everybody's quiet and, (laughs) Me and my buddy looked at each other, and I, he said, what the hell was that? You know, like like everybody just – and then Sabbath comes on, and, of course, Sabbath's dying at that point. And, the, yeah. you know, the energy level, if it was a big knob, you just got turned way down when Sabbath came on, and they were fine. But it wasn't – it was like a freight train going into a – you know, uh, it was just crazy. But anyway, hey, I, I got to <laughs> say a couple of things real quick. I admire – so much how you dealt with these idiots that wanted you to play and write like your dad and sound like Van Halen and all that. I just love the <laughs> the fact that you stayed true to yourself. That's the biggest thing. And I think you said your dad pretty much told you that. I was going to ask you what your favorite advice that your dad ever gave you was, but I have a feeling that's probably near the top. And uh, here's mm-hmm. my question. I'll get off. I just love what you yeah. do. Uh, Thank you very talented. much, man. Just, You've been very kind. Keep it doing. Thank you. One quick question, though. Uh, when you were touring Van Halen, um, did you, you, you mentioned a while ago, this changed my question, that drums is, is your favorite, you know, kind of your one of your favorite instruments to play yeah. uh, as far as just the fun factor. How much did you being on stage and being around Alex uh, kind of foster that? Oh, infinitely. Uh, being, you know, there's a very uh, intimate relationship between a rhythm section being, you know, bass and drums and being able to lock in with Al every night uh, only fostered my love for drumming even more. Um, <laughs> we were locked in on such a spiritual level. There was there were so many moments where we would save dad and he would have no idea. <laughs> like dad could never count fully to four. He would always end up counting to three. And there were so many times <laughs> where he'd end a solo early or, or play something not long enough. And we would save him and, and fix it without him even realizing Al and I were, <laughs> were, were quite the fun team uh, during those times. So I really look at them fondly. 
how how is is your uncle doing? How how is he how has he been now that some some times passed? You know, some people have read into the fact that he's started to post some photos of his old kits and stuff on whatever social media he does. Um, mm-hmm. Are you in touch with him often? And and can you yeah, shed yeah. any light we, we on talk, on how he's doing? All the time. We talk yeah. all the time. He's, he's he's doing great. He's 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 a very private guy. You know, um, I never want to speak for him. I know how desperate people are to hear from him publicly. Uh, I know he posts on Instagram every now and then, um, right. but yeah, I, uh, I just, uh, I never want to speak for him, but he's, he's doing well and I love him very much. Well, I, we all, as, as fans of the band and fans of his playing, we all hope that in some capacity he gets the, uh, interest to want to play again, because I think that's a drummer that should be heard still. And I'm sure he could still, still has a lot to offer. Is he, is he very in the past when I've asked you about, Van Halen reissues. I know the Sammy Hagar era stuff just got reissued finally. Yeah, um, which is he, too. Yeah, and and so is that this like in the past when I've asked you about old Van Halen stuff coming out of reissues, you've you've recently kind of deferred to him on that. Is that kind of where that's at? Is he kind of yeah, involved that in that absolutely, now? Absolutely, that's the mission statement. Um, Al is he is the guy. Um, I I function as a support for him when it comes to any. Uh, uh, you know, big VH uh, decision making. Uh, so I, you know, I wish I had more things to say, but I, I defer to Al um, and any uh, choices he makes. And uh, okay, so he's him. kind of steering that ship now. Yes. Did you did you happen to see the? There was a video that leaked that was on YouTube for a while of of Van Halen back in in uh, Donington in England around eighty three, eighty four. Did you catch oh. that? I did not. Oh, you didn't? That was huge news no. for about three, four days. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah you know, somebody... I, I have a lot of stuff muted on, on, on my social medias because I get tagged in a lot of stuff constantly every day, so maybe I missed it. <laughs> right. No, there was, uh, it was, it was the Van Halen fans were going crazy because there was so little of the old stuff out, but there was a show from yeah. just before 84 came out and it, they were, uh, Oh, they were on before ACDC and it was at monsters of rock in England oh, and wow. um, it's pro shot. And it was up for about a week before it got pulled down for whatever reason. But if it pops up again, I'll make sure I get you a link. It's pretty wild. Yeah, the craziest yeah. thing, the craziest thing I didn't know is that there's a moment in the show where both your dad and Michael Anthony are playing keyboards at the same time live. And I never knew I didn't that. Know ever at the happened. same time. That's cool. I know, I know Mike played, uh, uh, and the cradle will rock on a tour or two on the, uh, yeah. on the Orlitzer. I, I did not know, but there was a moment that they played at the same time. That's, that's badass. I think it was in jump. I think they played jump and they were both on keys and then your dad had the guitar and then for the solo walked away. But I was like, wow, I that's never awesome. knew that there was ever a moment like that, but it's, it's documented. It's like a pro shot thing. So that's where that leaked cool. or where it came from, it's pretty cool. It was out there. That's awesome. Let's say hi to uh, Rich in California. A few more calls for Wolf, and then we'll let him go. Go ahead, Rich. Well, cool. Let's hey, how you doing, Wolf? It's this is an absolute, absolute honor. I had the opportunity to see you at the Santa Ana show, and uh, my oh, God, dude, that was like the best show ever. <laughs> it was. I got to tell you, we were up. We had the VIP upstairs, straight center, and man, that was one of the when when the show was done. I was literally sad because it was such an awesome <laughs> show, but. Um, I just want to um, say, uh, you know, it, it's it's cool following you on social media. 
the, your response and stuff. Love the relationship you have with your mom. It's phenomenal. And I know Eddie kind of touched on it, but your inspiration, when you, when you write your songs, are, is it something that you start out on the guitar? Do you start on the piano? Or is it in your head that uh, a song just kind of starts popping in? Or what is your, your more, process? More often writing? than not, um, usually ideas come from like a guitar riff. Um, there are some songs where it's more of a rhythmic uh, birth to it, like the song Rights, the first album on Mammoth 2. That was very much like a drum thing and just the rhythm of it that kind of started uh, that song. But usually, yeah, it's, a, it's like a guitar idea, and then I make a demo like on my computer, and then we go up to the studio and, and record it piece by piece. That's awesome. I got to tell you, man, you are seriously a class act. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's, totally, it's cool to, to, to listen to you being interviewed. You just seem to really, really thoroughly enjoy enjoy your life. And I want to say congratulations and thank you for doing what you do. You really touch a lot of people's lives. Thank you. That means a lot, man. Thank you very much. Thank yep. you, Rich, for the call. You should have seen the list of conditions Wolf gave me before we had to do this interview. If you ever saw what went on behind the scenes, you know, you thought the brown <laughs> M&M's thing was a bad back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Steven yeah, Tampa. This is actually me right now. This is all, this is all tracks. You know me. I, this, I, is, all this, is all, this is all Wolf's fake tracks or it's AI. It's one of the two. Um, <laughs> Steven Tampa. Go ahead, buddy. You're on with Wolf. Thank you for, thank you for taking my call. And Wolf, thank you for your time. And no Mr. Problem, Roth, Conyo, Stay Frosty, some of your best lyrics. Release Different Kind of Truth. Wolf, I love your playing on that. And thank you for getting your dad and the band to play deep tracks. And uh, before I forget, my dad was also a recovering uh, alcoholic. He died about six months after your dad, albeit older. So I know how that can be. I saw you on the last three tours. That. Yeah, I know how, how that can be when things happen. We'll just, we'll just say that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, again, I saw you on the last three tours. Uh, man, such great stuff. Love your stuff on different kind of truth. I had a couple, um, da, 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 da. uh, yeah. So really, um, I saw first them in 81 open and I saw and eventually 10 times you with them three on fire. Those false harmonics. I mean, I was so great. You happy you did that. But the thing being <laughs> a only child, go ahead. Being an only child. Do you think that played into you doing everything? I know you're short on time, but on fire. That's great. You expose people that, but you think you're right with other people and being an only child, you think that played a part in you doing everything? I have no idea. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I guess maybe if I had a, uh, uh, you know, a brother or sister, maybe they would have done something else and I would have focused on one thing, but I think, uh, I don't know. I just had so, had so much fun growing up in a musical household where there are guitars all over the place and basses and, uh, just made me hungry to, 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 to learn everything. So, yeah, maybe you could be right. I don't know. Heather in Philadelphia. Go ahead, Heather. Jump in here. Hey. Hey, Wolf. How you doing? Hi, Eddie. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks so much for taking my call. I'm so excited. Um, First of all, I'm really excited for the fact that uh, I'm going to be seeing you live again very soon. Um, And um, I also wanted to ask, I think I remember hearing on a couple of interviews before the album came out that you had written a song that was on the piano. It was a piano song, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. right. And yeah. I'm just wondering, um, is that a song that just didn't make the record or did you maybe rework it into one of the other songs that did make the record? 
Yeah, that is actually a song that did not uh, make the record. That's something that I I had. It was an it was an idea that came in late. And considering we only had, man, about uh, you know the two months that we had, uh, you know, there was maybe, oh gosh, I want to say like five to seven ideas that weren't yeah. as fully fleshed out as what made made the album. So I, I'm I'm sure they could show up on the next album. Oh, that's awesome. Maybe any chance for like a deluxe edition like you did with the first record? Oh, that that would be fun. Yeah, that 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 would be a that would be a good idea. I I would need to finish the ideas to actually get some uh deluxe content on the album cuz I don't know if we have anything available yet. But uh, but <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Yeah, that'd be fun to do. Very cool. And I also just want to say congratulations to you and Andrea. So happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, this is the first time I'm talking to you since you've been a married man. Wolf, congratulations. Yep. Thank you so much. How how did how'd the wedding go? Were you nervous? Was uh, everything went smooth? No, I, I wasn't nervous at all. It, it, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know. Um, uh, it was perfect. It was uh, emotional, and it was wonderful. And you didn't do like a big blowout. You did a small thing, right? No, a small family thing at the house. It was. It couldn't have been. Couldn't have been better. That's very good. Very good. Well, congratulations to you both. That's awesome. I'll get a couple more quick ones, then I'll let you go. Here's Ray in Maryland. Go ahead, Ray. You're on with Wolf. What's up, Ray? Hey, now, Eddie. Hey, Wolf. Really uh, dig the new album, man, from the song right to the end. I think my current favorite, but it could change 50 times by next week, is Optimist. And uh, <laughs> my wife and I... My wife and I got to see you open up for Tal- for Metallica in New Jersey on the uh, oh, nice. U.S. night. Yeah, yeah. Man, you looked like you were just having a blast up there, and you and your band were killing it, dude. And um, one, thing that ha- one thing that hasn't really been brought up too much tonight on behalf of myself and the Sync Army, thank you, thank you, thank you for being outspoken about how fucking lame it is for bands to be up there faking it i don't want to drive three four hours to see to hear a laptop or a little cd so thank exactly. you and you keep being you you keep being you brother and thank you for this time eddie much. i really appreciate it thank, thank you, you Ray. Great time, man. thank you amen what you said hey wolf did you see the millie vanilli documentary yet i did not i heard it's 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 yeah, i heard it was really good it's great and um it's you know not, not my music being a rock guy, but uh, the whole story is unbelievable. And in retrospect, what they went through 30, 35 years ago, it just it makes me laugh compared compared to how things are so. No, it's unbelievable today, but, the way they were lambasted for something that's completely common uh, today. Yeah, it's a, the it's hypocrisy a of it is unbelievable. So to that end, on Monday, I'm having the director of the film on and the surviving member of Millie Vanilli on. To talk oh about my all God, of it. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, wow. it's funny. So, some of my friends who are musicians are like, we could, could we actually call Millie Vanilli innovators by today's pop standards? I was like, yeah, we probably could. <laughs> so wow. I can't wait to that's talk to that guy. Incredible. Yeah, because it didn't come up in the doc about the hypocrisy of what's going on now, but I can't wait to talk to him about it and be like, hey, because the irony of ironies is now that guy actually goes out and sings truly live in a pop yeah. world where he's probably the only one doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing for me. It's one thing in a pop world where where obviously there's you know there's a lot of things tracked. The thing that really disappoints me is when it's a rock band. Yeah, and, and you know, like you have 
you know, main tracks. It's one thing for fluff. Like if you don't, if you need string, you know, I've, Absolutely. I've talked about this a lot and so have you, but you know, I just think main tracks, you should be playing them. Absolutely. I'm not talking about you got one keyboard part and you want to carry a keyboard player. I get that. But we all yeah. know there's bands doing a hell of a lot more out there. <laughs> and I remember you saying that when you put the live band together, your whole deal was that you wanted to get whatever musicians you needed to do whatever needed to be done so that they could yeah. recreate it live. And you got great yeah. players in your live band. You really do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're doing it, you know, they're they're just perfect uh, backing you up and, and uh, delivering the stuff live. We got a couple people waiting over an hour, so I'm going to get them in and I'll let you go. Here's sure. Fabian in yeah. Missouri. Fabian, go ahead, buddy. Hey, Eddie, thanks for taking my car, man. Uh, You're on with Wolf. You hear me? Yeah, we got you. How are you? Okay. Well, being towards the end of the line here, uh, most people have asked my question like two or two different times, so I'm going to pivot. And uh, I was wondering, do you think that uh, as far as writing goes now that that you, you know, kind of accepted and shown that you have a full band, it's not just you, do you think that that writing process is going to change any? Or is it going to be just uh, still kind of you? That Yeah, that very much could. I think, you know, like I said earlier, um, Mammoth for, from its inception has really been my sort of creative endeavor. But I'm sure as time goes on, um, I would love to collaborate. I, I'd love to collaborate uh, writing with my producer, um, uh, my bandmates. That would be a really fun thing to uh, to do at some point, I think, to keep things fresh. Absolutely. Are you Have you already written stuff or started thinking about the third record, or are you still very much immersed in playing live with this one? Uh, you know, as a songwriter, as a musician, you're always kind of writing, you get an idea here and there, you record on phone just to kind of have it. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> thinking about Mammoth 3 stresses me out because we're still very much within Mammoth 2. I don't think I've had, uh, the creative headspace. I think I'm a little full right now on, on touring and worrying about all that. But I think, uh, when I get some time off when we're done touring, which that's not going to be for a little bit. Um, right. I will have an opportunity to kind of relax and get back into that creative mode. All right. One last call. Here's uh, Brent in Kansas joining us. Go ahead, Brent. You're going to finish up with Wolf. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, guys. Thanks. Hey, Wolf, I used to work for a friend of your dad, Steve Ripley, who was the guy behind Ripley Guitars. Yes. And um, I, I just wondered if uh, I was his audio engineer in the tractors and I worked at the church studio there. I wondered if you played um, any of the Ripley guitars that, uh, he yes, and your I dad have. made, and then uh, I wanted yeah. to know what's the status of your guitar line. When's the Sima Hollow Body coming out? Oh, great question! Great question. Well, first, yes, uh, that Ripley guitar um, was the main inspiration bef- behind a demo uh, called Ripley that was uh, written around 1984, and that became a song "Blood and Fire" on uh, right. a different kind of truth. And Dad uh, did use the uh, Ripley guitar for it. If you listen to it, you can hear the stereo strings. You can hear some on the left side, some on the right side. Very, very cool instrument. For, for Hold uh, on, yep. Wolf. Hold, let me stop you there. For people that don't play guitar like me, and and what what is the significance of the Ripley okay, yeah. guitar? So the, the, the cool thing about, about um, uh, Ripley's guitar um, is that, um, so there are six strings on the guitar. Um, three of them were outputted so the guitar would output stereo, meaning both sides, you know, mono is, is one stereos left and right, uh, three strings on the guitar. I can't remember exactly which ones, uh, three strings would, would, uh, would play out of the left side and the other three would play out of the right side. So if you listen to the song blood and fire, which unfortunately, sorry, 
if you don't own it, <laughs> you can't listen to it right now, maybe go on YouTube. Um, and, uh, uh, you can hear, um, that, uh, every different string he's strumming, uh, goes to a different side. So it, it outputs in stereo, very, very unique, uh, cool guitar. Uh, and, but your, segue, and your dad, you had, cool your dad had a hand in developing that. Uh, I believe so. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Ripley was the one to, uh, uh, you know, it was named after him, but I know dad, right. dad, uh, helped him out. Uh, but, uh, segueing from uh, cool and unique guitars best I can. Uh, yeah, the SA 126, uh, I will have a lot more to discuss and EVH gear will have a lot more to discuss next year. So stay tuned, uh, follow, uh, you know, uh, EVH on uh, Instagram. You can follow me too. Um, I'm going to be playing, I'm going to be playing, a, a, a new color that I've only played in a, a in the music video for, uh, for another celebration, I think, and I'm all right. Um, it's we'll we'll have a lot more to talk about next year. I'm very excited. Very so excited the gear end of things, about. because yeah, that's the other thing we need to get a really chance to touch on in this conversation is that uh, beyond obviously the Van Halen catalog and possible reissues and all of that, the other big component is is your dad's gear, the guitars, the amps, everything, which are huge, huge, huge in the in the business. Um, that's something, is that something that you are dealing with and that you oversee? That's to some something degree? I am, I am much, much more involved in, uh, when it comes to Van Halen catalog stuff. Uh, that's when Al is, is doing that and I'm there to help him. But when it comes to, uh, uh, EVH gear, I am fully a hundred percent in, uh, with Matt Brock. The two of us are, you know, are there as the, you know, the heads to kind of, figure out what's coming and uh of course our wonderful team uh we've got a lot that we're working on that we're very excited about the sa-126 being one of them so stay tuned next year you won't have to wait much longer well listen man i can't thank you enough for uh for the time and for doing this today it's always great to talk always to a you pleasure, brother. yeah man i appreciate it congrats on the album again mammoth wvh2 mammoth 2 is out now and has been out for a little bit and uh it's always cool. I'm always talking to artists like months before the album actually comes out. So it's really cool when you get a chance to talk to someone after everybody's had a chance to listen to and live with the record. And I think that really came through in taking these calls too, because people are all commenting on the music so often they haven't mm -hmm. heard it yet because everyone's doing stuff so far in advance. So um, I really appreciate the time and hope to see you out there somewhere soon. And congrats again on the wedding. Thank you so much, man. I'll talk to you again soon. And and pull up Edison's medicine if you want to hear some Edison's medicine, action. Tesla, yes, will do. <laughs> and lastly, before I before I forget, and I told Kevin I'm doing a party for my 40th year in radio in Vegas in December. Ooh. And you and I told Kevin, and I hadn't told him to give you the invite. You're more than welcome to come. Sammy and Michael Got are it. actually going to come out and headline it, but there's going to be tons oh, of people cool. jamming throughout the night. And it'd be an honor to have you. So if you want to come, just talk to Kevin. We'll get you hooked up. It'd be great to have you, you there. Got it. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Congrats. Thank you, man. I'll see you soon. All right. I appreciate it. Sounds good, man. Take care. See you, Wolf. Bye-bye. Well, that was great to be able to do that with Wolf and take calls and have so much time to spread out and get into stuff. Uh, the bit about him talking about a different kind of truth from Van Halen not being on streaming essentially because of David Lee Roth was something that made a lot of news headlines at the time that that aired live on my radio show a couple weeks ago. So thanks to Wolf for all that info and uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed that interview. Again, come on board and join me every day live on Sirius XM, Faction Talk 103, 3 to 5 Eastern, live every day, anytime on the Sirius XM app. 
Maybe you can call in and talk to some of those folks like you heard happening right there in that interview. Be sure to follow on social media. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you all have a great week. If you are on Sirius XM, I'll catch you every day on the radio. If not, I'll catch you back here next Thursday for another episode of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to like. Be sure to spread the word. And thanks for rocking. Take care. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.